and the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, soul, and mind. I want to talk on the subject title this morning. What about this thing called love? What about this thing called love? Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all. You know, you can't love God with just some of you. You know, you can love a person with your heart and not love them with your mind. You can love God with your mind and not love God with your heart, or rather person with your heart. But when it comes down to loving God, you got to love God with all of you. See, God doesn't just want your heart and he don't have your mind and he doesn't have your soul. God wants your, your heart, God wants your soul, and God wants your mind. God wants all of you or nothing at all. Love God with all of your heart, soul, and mind. What is the heart? If you're going to love God, then you're going to have to know what it is. The heart is the very seat of our desires. It's the seat of our emotions. It is the seat of our feelings. Then you have to unpeel that layer and you come to the mind. The mind is where we have deep thought. That's your mind, where you have deep thought. And then the soul. The soul, somebody said, is, is the real you. It is, it is the part of you that is way down in you. I'm reminded of the Hebrew writer, whoever he may be. He says, for the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow. It's a discerner of thoughts and intents of your heart. The word of God, a person may not be able to get to your soul. It may not be able to get to your spirit, but the word of God is designed in such a way where it can get down deep into our soul. Somebody say the soul is the personality. It is the part of you that makes life changes and life decisions. It's, it's the real you. It's the CEO of who you are. That's your soul. It is the commander chief of who you are. It's the real you. And so Jesus says, love God with all of your heart, all of the real you, and all of the deep thoughts of who you are. And so he says... This is the first great commandment, and the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. You know, that's an interesting one here. You know, to love your neighbor like you love yourself. I guess that good to mean God, you know, I, I don't think he means every time you go off to Burger King, if you buy yourself a Big Mac, you have to buy your neighbor a Big Mac. I don't think that's what he means. But I think that the concern that you have 
for yourself about the deeper things of life and eternity. I think God is saying you ought to have that same concern about your neighbor. I think he's talking about your everyday well-being. Uh, I think that when it comes down to the necessities of life, I think God is saying that the same thing you need in life to be able to live, I think that you ought to give that to your neighbor as well. Be, be mindful of your neighbor's well-being. Does he have a roof over his head? Do he have warm clothes and good clothes on his back? Do you have something to eat? I think that's what he's talking about. Love your neighbor like you love yourself. But what about this thing called love? Remember the preacher would preach on Sunday mornings when I was a boy, and I would look at him, and I would just, just, I couldn't wait till the song leader sat down. No, no offense to you, Brother Kemp. You did a great job uh, on today. But I just couldn't wait till the song leader finished his song, and my preacher got up there, and he would, he would preach, and I would sit on the front row, and just drooling for the word of God. And, and I find myself now still drooling for the word of God. I can't wait to get up to share a message with the people of God. You know, you ought to come to church to be able to, you ought to be drooling spiritually. What is the word of God to my life today? What is the word of God to my life today? What does God has to offer, give me in my life today? Whatever it is that God has to offer you and to give you in life, believe this, it is going to make you a better person. It is going to cause you to be more equipped and prepared for heaven. Whatever the word is today from the Lord, it's going to make you a better individual. What about this thing called love. The old preacher would preach this sermon. He started off and he talked about the first love and it's called phileo love. You heard that love before? Phileo love? That's a friendship kind of love. It's the friendship kind of love. It is the word where we get Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. It is the friendship kind of love. Can I say this? Everybody needs a good friend. Everybody needs a good friend. You don't need 20 of them. You don't need 30 of them. You don't need 50 of them. But everybody use a, a good friend. Somebody to be able to talk to when you need a listening ear. Everybody can use a, a good friend. You need to understand everybody is not your friend. You need to understand not only everybody is not your friend, but you can't tell everybody your business. Somebody said, preacher, I know we've been saved. We are members of the church of Christ. I know we are saved, but I stopped by today to tell you, you can't tell everybody your business in the church. The folk you tell your business to, you better be, they better be swift to hear and slow to speak. Hello, somebody. You don't want your stuff all over Front Street. You be careful who you talk to in the church. But they're saved, Brother Vils. We ain't saying nothing about them being saved. All we're saying is there's some folk you just can't talk to. But you need a good friend. I mean, have you ever been in a situation where you needed to talk to somebody? You know, man, sometimes you call folk and you can't get them. Huh? 
you need to tell it to somebody. You need to talk to somebody. Something is pressing. You've got stress going on in your life. Anxiety is flowing through your life. You've got troubles on every hand, trials and tribulation, and you're distressed and you're stressed out, and you need somebody to talk to. You don't know what's coming tomorrow. You're about to pull out every string in your head, and you need somebody to talk to. You're confused, and your life is perplexing. You don't know which way to turn. You're very discouraged, and you're suicidal. You need somebody to talk to. You need a good friend in your life. You need somebody to hold your hands. You need somebody to give you a hug of concern. You need somebody who's going to love you for who you are and not what you have. You need somebody to love the real you, the personality of you, the CEO of who you are. Everybody needs a good friend. And yes, Jesus is our friend, and there is a friend that stick it closer than a brother. That's the kind of friend you need. Sometimes you can have a biological brother and a friend that'll do more for you than the biological brother who comes from the same womb. But you need a good friend. You need somebody you can talk to. You need somebody you can vent to. You need somebody who just can listen to your problems. It might be trouble. It might be problems, but, but you need somebody to talk to in life. You need, you need a phileo friend, a friend like David and Jonathan. Hello, somebody. You need somebody who loves you, who cares about you. And when you are troubled, they are troubled. When you are happy, they are happy. They don't hate you because where you work, where you live, what you wear, what you drive. They're just glad to be a friend to you. That's the kind of friend you need. And if you walk this life from earth to journey on up to heaven, you're going to need somebody to be a friend in your life. That's phileo. And there's another one he used to preach. He used to preach about this one here called Stargate. Stargate. Stargate is a parental love. It's a parental love. It's the love like Isaac and Esau. It's the love like Rebecca and Jacob. It's a parental love, father, son, mother, daughter kind of love. If there was ever a time we need that kind of stargate love, we need that love today. We need parents to be parents. We need fathers to be fathers. We need mothers to be mothers. Why? Somebody say we need a father to be a father because the father needs to be able to live an example life that his sons might know how to become a man. A woman needs to be a woman before her daughter that her daughter might know how to become a woman. Parental love. We're letting our children be in, been raised and reared by society and our culture. They have replaced the parental responsibilities of the home. A father needs to know how to treat his wife that his son might know how to treat his wife. A mother needs to know how to treat her husband, that the daughter might know how to treat her husband. And when you look at the parental love, 
there are certain things God has placed for the father, the man to do. There are other things God has placed for the mother, the woman to do. You heard me say not long ago uh, that the woman is the homemaker. Now, I ain't saying that the woman can't work outside of the house. But I am saying uh, that a woman should not work outside of the house until all work is completed on the inside of the house. Amen, somebody. I thought I would give an amen right there. Y'all act like I didn't say nothing, but, but, but I ain't telling you nothing that God didn't say. That's Titus chapter 2. God says that the woman is a homemaker. Oh, I might have a fellowship breaker going on down here. Uh, you was good, but uh, you was good. A father needs to know how to treat his wife. It's a funny thing about that. You know, you don't come out of marriage. You don't jump out of the box knowing that stuff. To practice that stuff, should I say. You know, when you're married, you're at the altar, and man, you're looking good. Come on, somebody, help me. You're looking good. She looking good. She all in white. Sometimes she need a different color dress, but, but y'all going to work with a preacher right there. You, that white means she's pure. Inside and out. But she looking pretty. Everybody's looking good. But marriage is larger than your wedding. People will put more in a wedding than they'll put into a marriage. I told you not long ago that, that a man knows how he's treating his wife based of, off of, rather, what she gives him. If you give her what? If you give her groceries, she what? She gives you a what? A meal. You give her a seed, she'll give you a child. You give her a house, She'll give you a home. You give her frustration, she'll give you hell on earth. I know that's true, Sister Forte. It's true. I know it's true. And they know it's true, too. You always know how you're treating a woman based off what, you, what she gives you. I read somewhere somebody said, what if God designed marriage? To make us holy instead of making us happy. Now, I do believe you can have both, y'all. But I think he got a point. Marriage, in a marriage, marriage is work. And if anybody tell you it's not work, they're lying. Marriage takes work. There's some time you don't want to do it. Now, sometimes you don't want to be there. Now, sometimes you ain't feeling him. And sometimes you're not feeling her. But that's okay. But you have to understand that even when you got those mixed emotions going on, you need to commit yourself 
to your commitment to God, even though you want to unglue yourself from each other. It's about your commitment to the Lord that you made to somebody else. Marriage, watch this, takes work. And marriage, you will learn who you really are in a marriage. Marriage will expose you. Let me tell you something. There are some things you learn about yourself in a marriage that you can't get when you're single. Hello, somebody. There are some things you can't learn about yourself when you're single, but it will be exposed and come to the light about yourself when you get married. Hmm. And some of it ain't purity. It's ugly. But God is trying to get us to be holy. That's what he wants, to be holy. Even when you don't want to do what God wants you to do, it's about being holy. If you understand, I made a commitment to God. I made a commitment to God. And because I committed to him, I will commit to the wife. I will commit to my husband. I will commit to my son. I will commit to my daughter because I made a commitment to God. And when I make a commitment to him, it will hold me in place. It doesn't mean that you'll, you won't waver. It doesn't mean that you won't think other things, but you'll always line up where you are supposed to be. And then number three, the preacher would talk about eros. Now, eros is the pleasure love. If you ain't married, you ain't got no business opening up the box of eros. Hello, somebody. I said, if you ain't married, you don't have no business opening up the box of eros. You shouldn't be looking in that box. You shouldn't be toting it in your purse. You shouldn't be walking around with it on your laptop. You don't have any business in eros if you ain't married. Say amen, single folks. Amen. Oh, there you go. There you go. Eros is a sensual love. Sensual. Sexual. Ooh. You know what kind of marriage somebody has based on what's going on in the bedroom. If you ain't got nothing going on in the bedroom, something might be wrong with your marriage. Ooh, I wish I did. I know y'all listening. Y'all just listening. Y'all just so quiet. Y'all just listening. That's what you're doing. You're just listening. The bedroom will tell stories. It'll give you signs. go to somewhere where somebody know, you know, amen, if I come somewhere else, y'all act like y'all don't know, it's a preaching face right here, (laughs) 
good throws. Eros. Let's see. Eros. It'll tell what kind of love you have going on sexually. When you get in the bed, have you ever gotten in the bed? When you get in the bed, you ain't saying nothing to each other before you get in the bed. And you sure enough ain't saying nothing to each other when you get in the bed. He gets in the bed, she gets in the bed, and they both turn towards the wall. Anybody? Don't raise your hand. You don't say goodnight. You don't say nothing. And you can literally put a telephone pole between both of them. Oh, I wish I had somebody in here with me. This I must be speaking, you know, Bohemian or something. You know, y'all don't know what I'm saying. I need a translator. The when you should be facing each other, and you have it touch one another, gone on three months. Y'all want me to go to the next point? <laughs> huh? Because it'll tell you if you got a healthy relationship. It'll tell you if you have an unhealthy relationship. It'll tell you if you have a healthy marital relationship or if you have an unhealthy marital relationship based off of that one thing. And brethren, you cannot keep messing up in the same thing and expect a woman to keep doing her duties. I know we use the Bible. We like, you know, the Bible say, you know, you know, that's what the Bible say. I know, let me tell you something. That woman will throw that Bible out. You ain't got to say amen. I know I'm right. They're going to throw that Bible out. You can use all the scripture you want to use. Brother, if you ain't doing it the way God want us to do it, they ain't trying to hear it. That one thing, I'm telling you, you check it out, that one thing, if it ain't happening, it's because you ain't happening. I'm telling you, it'll expose who you are. And let me tell you something. When you love them like Jesus loved the church, you'll have sacrificial love. You'll sacrifice. You'll sacrifice. <laughs> you go out of your way. You, you'll say some stuff. You'll do some stuff. You have a honey do list. I mean, you just, you just, and look, when you do what you're supposed to do, it'll be the 4th of July. Y'all not going to help a preacher. Well, I tell you, well, my, pre well, my brother Kemp, you're going to help a brother out. Huh? The 4th of July. The 4th of July. Really? The 4th of July. Sparks will be flying in here. Oh, I wish. See, y'all not going to be real. Y'all just going to laugh it off. But you can tell what you are giving a woman based off of what she gives back to you. Give her love, she'll give you love. 
Give her joy, she'll give you joy. You give her happiness, she'll give you happiness. You bring peace, she'll give you peace. You are given person, she'll give it to you. I mean, you cannot expect the other person to do that which you are not doing yourself. You cannot just talk about it, you have to be about it. And you have to be consistent with it. You have to be consistent with it. Marriage will grow you up. I'm telling you, it'll help you grow. God knows what he's doing. God wants us to become holy. And if you just look at the red signs and the orange lights that come on, you something, something going on, y'all. Well, that's Eros. That's Eros. And uh, we got a whole lot of Eros going on. The folk don't qualify. It meant somebody. And I'm not trying to, to knock you this morning and put you on blast. All I'm trying to do is to make you holy. And, 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 and the only way you're going to be holy, you're going to have to make some changes. It's about, it's about change. It's about growth. God really wants all of us to grow. That's what he wants. He wants daddy to grow. He wants mama to grow. That them children can grow into the people that God wants them. Listen. When you have children, the Bible says to leave your, your children an inheritance. You can leave your son a car. You can leave your daughter the house. You can leave them monies and you can leave them jewelry. But the number one thing you should leave your children is a faith of their own. If he don't have no God in his life, you leave him a house, he'll lose the house. He'll tear up the car. He'll sell your jewelry. He'll waste all your money. But if you give him God, if you give him a faith of his own, whether you're dead or gone, whatever he loses, he can gain it back again. And if you don't believe me, ask the prodigal son. One of the greatest things is that it gave him was he gained his own faith. And when he veered off of what his daddy taught him, he was able to come right back to where he was. He wasted his daddy's money. He lost a soul his ring. He lost a soul his robe. He tore up or sold his sandals. When he came back, he was messed up from the flow up, but his daddy ran out there to meet him. And the reason why his daddy knew perhaps he was coming back, because he had a fate of his own. And when he came back, because he had a fate of his own, his daddy said, go get, go get a ring, put it on his hand. Daddy said, go get a robe and put it on his back. Whatever you lose, you can get back again with God, but that's why you have to have your own faith. Mothers and fathers, make sure before you die that your sons and your daughters have a faith in God for themselves. Because one day daddy gonna die and mama gonna die too. And they gonna have to have a faith on their own. I want my sons and my daughter to get up on Sunday morning and go to church somewhere. I'm going to be dead and gone, but I want them to be able to get up and understand that it's my responsibility. I've seen the model. I've seen the example. I was brought up here, and I was taught this. And when I'm dead and gone, I want to be able to still understand that when Sunday morning come, they're walking, they're getting themselves to where they need to be. Leave them a fate of their own. 
They're going to need it these days. They're going to need it somewhere down the line. Daddy and mama is protecting you now, but you're going to need your own stuff down the line. The things they're teaching you now, you're going to need it somewhere else down the line. The things you hear the preacher say and the class, Sunday school teacher teach, it's going to come back later on. You're going to need that later on down the line. Mama and daddy ain't going to be there to tell you, hey, don't you do it, don't you do it. No, 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 no. Something going to have to be strong enough inside of you to tell you, uh-uh, I got something in me that is more valuable than that, and I ain't going that way. I ain't going that route because I know what I got. I'm more valuable than that. I know what I have. I got principles of God in my life, and I'm committed to God because my father and my mother was committed, and they showed a commitment of example in my life that now they're dead and gone, God still lives and leads and directs my life. Even though my father and my mother is gone, God is still the head of my life. And then there's the, the other one. They call it the agape love. I call it the God love. The God love. Because you only can get it from God. You can't get it from anybody else. You can't get it from anywhere else. It only comes from God. It only comes from God. Get me John chapter 13, verse number 34 and 35. John 13, 34, 35. Listen to what the Bible says. John writes in John 13, 34, 35. The Bible. The Bible says. Watch what he says. Jesus says there. A new commandment. I give unto you that you love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. Jesus is the master model when it comes to love. Jesus teaches us in Matthew chapter 5 that you ought to love like the Father loves. And then he teaches us that you ought to love those who are considered to be your enemies. Then he teaches us that you ought to love them who curse you. Then he teaches us that you ought to love them who despitefully use you. Jesus is saying that when you love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, you can love your husband, you can love your wife, you can love your son, you can love your stepson, you can love your stepdaughter, you can love your neighbor, you can even love the folk who talk about you and the folk who are considered to be your enemy because you're loving God with all of who you are. And when you love God with all of who you are, all of who you are will love God, and you can't love God and say that you hate your brother when you've never seen God, but you see your brother every day. The love of God will cause you to love everybody. He says a new commandment, the new commandment, the new commandment is, is that the Jews, the religious leaders, if you were a friend or a neighbor, if you were not a Jew, they didn't deal with you. That's why Jesus says, a new commandment I give you. Jews, here's what you do. You only deal with the Jews. I know that's right because that's why he gives the parable of the good Samaritan. And the Levite comes where the man was beaten and left for dead. The Levite comes, he looks at him. He observes, but he keeps on going. The priest comes. He looks at him. He observes, but he keeps on going. And then the Samaritan comes. And all Jesus is trying to teach us, it's not about who you are. You ought to love everybody because everybody is made in the image and the likeness of God. 
you love everybody because they're made in the image and the likeness of God. And so regardless of status and class, regardless of race, you love everybody. When you love God, God will give you the ability to be able to love everybody. And I love you because God first loved me. I'm going to love him with all of my heart. But how can I love the Lord, say I love him, and hate my brother? Y'all, something wrong somewhere. Something wrong. That ain't the right kind of love. And Jesus says that you ought to love one what? Love one another. He's talking to disciples. He ain't talking about the world now. He said love one another just as I have what? Love you. Love each other. You know, we have to love the world. We have to love the world, but we don't have to have the love of the world, but we have to have love for the world. John says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, then the love of the Father is not in him. The world will pass away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God will abide forever. I need the kind of love that is going to cause me to love people on the inside first. I may know how to love folk on the outside. And Jesus is saying, when we can get it right among us, love us. You see, Jesus and God, they always start off small. They don't give you no big task before you can handle it. They always start off small, and then he builds from that. He says, love each other. Disciples, love one another. Y'all love each other. And then watch this. Give me the next verse. Watch this. Love each other. Watch what's going to happen. Here it is. By what? By what? By, by, shall what? Know that ye are what? My. My. You ain't a disciple because you come to here down Sunday morning. That don't make you a disciple because you come to church. That don't make you a disciple because you own a Bible. That don't make you a disciple because you get on your knees and pray. He says, by this shall all men what? Know. That ye are, you belong to me. Here's if, conditional, if, if you love, it start up right up in here. Love me. I know that may be hard to do, but you still got to practice it. I got to love you. And that might be difficult to do, but I still got to practice it. Because it's not about you. It's about God. It's about exposing God to a lost, dying, dark world. And Jesus says, here's how you do it. It's based off love. If you love each other, he says, the world will know who you are. What is the determining factor here? It's if you love each other. The determining factor says, all men will be able to see it. If you got love one for another. In closing. You know, I shouldn't choose who I want to love in the body of Christ. I shouldn't have to. You, you, you don't choose. I, you know, I like, I like the Kemp's. You know, they, they, they're on my list. And, and, you know, Sister Rita Ball and you know, Sister Putman. You know, we got folk. That, that's my group. I love them. You know, I, I love them. What about the other people in the church? 
You know what we'll do, some of us? We'll help some people only in our group sometimes. Even though we know somebody else might need it, we will stand on the sideline about it. But if somebody got our number, our friendship, we'll help them faster than we'll help somebody else. Let me tell you something. We help everybody in the church because all of us are disciples of Christ. The goal is not to love certain kinds of people. And yes, you can be closer to some than others. That's not what I'm saying. We all have intimate relationships with certain groups of people in our lives. That's not what I'm saying. But when people need us, we ought to be there for them. Regardless if they are in our clique or not. Love one another just as I have loved you. That's a lot of loving going on, y'all. Jesus loved us so much that he was hung high, stretched wide. That's a lot of loving, y'all. And he loved us enough to sacrifice his own body. And Jesus says, I tell y'all what, I'm going to give y'all an example on how to love. Here's how you do it. He said, you go out there and you feed the 5,000. He says, you go out there and you comfort the widows. You go out there and you take care of the sick folk. Jesus says, you go out there and you encourage the men. Jesus says, here's how you do it. You stretch yourself out on a cross that somebody else might benefit from the life that you live. Jesus says, love people like I love you. He's the model. Don't love like I love. Love like Jesus loved. He's the model. All of us should be reaching up to the love of God. And God says, when you love like I love, he says, when you lift up Jesus, he says, I'll draw all men unto me. Church, we got a lot of loving to do. And I like when we come together on Sunday. You know why? Because that's, that's the practice time. You get to practice on each other. Show love to one another. Show love to each other. Go over and shake a sister's hand. Shake, shake a brother's hand. Say hello. How you doing? Talk to people. Get to know individuals. It's a funny thing about people. You know, Everybody want to live in heaven together. But we want to live like we live in our neighborhoods. You know that? Have you ever found it out? You live in a neighborhood, you can live with somebody, live somebody a long time, and the neighbor don't even say hello. They don't even say, hey, how, how you doing? You know, good morning. They don't even talk to you. You get out there, you throw the trash. You know, they just, they don't even look your way, you know. They don't even look your way. What kind of neighbor is that? Huh? What kind of neighbor is that? Man, I want to live by, by somebody, you know, when I ain't there, they can peep out, make sure nobody's gone in the house, and nobody mess with the car, nobody steal the dog, nobody poison the cat. I want somebody to be able to look out for me, that the mailman ain't opening my mail, trying to see what I got, that the car thieves ain't trying to take my box in the front of the door. I need somebody who's going to look out for me. That's the kind of life some of us do in the church. You know, we want to live with God forever with each other, but we don't want to try to build no kind of relationship down here, how in the world we going to spend eternity with God, with each other, and we don't even know each other down here and ain't even trying to make no attempt to know nobody. But we all save, and we all on our way to heaven. Love one another just as I have loved you.
it says, by this will all men know that you belong to me if you love one another. What about this thing called love? If you're not a child of God, you come by hearing his word, believing the same, repenting of your sins, confessing that Jesus is the son of the living God. Be buried in the liquid tomb of water baptism today for the remission of your sins. All sins are washed away. He adds you to his church. Be faithful unto death. You spend eternity with God forever. You know, you cannot play with God. Have you ever heard the old folks say that? You know, boy, don't play with God. You play with your dog and you can play with it, but don't play with God. Don't stop playing with God. Huh? Y'all, you, you don't play with the Lord. Don't play with the Lord. You can play with other folk, but don't play with God. I'm saying don't play with your soul and your salvation. Take it serious because God took it serious. Make the necessary corrections. Make the change. Whether it be baptism this morning, whether it be repent, repentance in private, whether it be confession openly, whatever it is, get it straight with God today before it is eternally everlasting too late. It's the opportunity God gives you and he gives me. As together we stand together, we sing. Why don't you come? Why don't you come? Mm.